Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of March 4th, 2013. This is episode number 184, and I am Adam Meyer, Creative Director at Interval. And joining me today remotely is... Katie Streeter, Content Marketing Specialist at Interval. And it's just the two of us today. Yeah, just the two of us. Everybody else is on the road. Yeah, everyone's, Again. Jackie's in Florida, all warm. Nice. And uh, Chris and Robert are out, so yeah, just us. What do we have? Any updates going on for this week? We do. Um, we've mentioned this a couple times in our past podcast, but we'll mention it one last time because this is your last opportunity to sign up. Uh, Chris is hosting a forum on this Wednesday, and it is from 11.30 a.m. to 12.45 p.m. Central Time. And the title of the webinar is New Healthcare Ventures and Branding, Finding the Right Path. And so we will include a link in the show notes for that. So if you want to get signed up, um, this is your last opportunity to because that is this week. Yeah. I've got Flash Blocker installed in my browsers, and it looks like a good chunk of the the page for the information on that thing has got some flash. Cause oh, I'm really? Not, I'm not seeing a few blocks of stuff there. That's all right. <laughs> Just how, suspect... the, how the website is built, is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> oh, the webinars banner? Just like yeah, yeah. fades in and out. The top yeah. and the side are both in flash. That's all right. The critical information is not, so that's so that's good. Well, a few interesting articles for today, and um, the first couple that we wanted to talk about actually come from from a site that we reference every once in a while here on the show, and that's searchengineland.com, and um, an article that just came out, when did this one come out? February 18th, so just a few days ago, about a week ago, but an interesting article on a study done by the uh, Edelman Group, I believe that is pronounced, or just Edelman, Edelman, Edelman? Yeah, something like know. Edelman, something Edelman. big PR firm, I think. Yeah, so. yep. But they do this trust barometer. It's an annual global study, and um, just looks at online what, uh, what people trust in terms of where they're getting their information and how that changes over the years. And um, this article from Search Engine Land is titled Search Engines More Trusted Than Social Media for News and Information. So um, just a quick synopsis here from the opening of the article. When it comes to getting general news and information, consumers worldwide put as much trust in search engines as they do in traditional media and more in both than they do in social media. But the numbers don't portray a single source as highly trusted, which suge- suggests that uh, consumers are at least trying to vet the accuracy and trustworth- trustworthiness of what they find in today's information-saturated world. Mm. Now, they go on, too, to describe the demographic uh, that was uh, the people they polled for this information. And, and it's, it's interesting because they're described as college-educated individuals in upper-income brackets that follow public policy issues and are active media users. So that's, uh, you know, definitely a select uh, and distinctive um, audience. So I, I think there's information that can probably be gleaned from the study that uh, applies to demographics broader than that. Um, yep. But uh, definitely a very tar- targeted audience there. Yeah, for sure. Um, very narrow audience. A very, it's a fairly narrow audience, yes. When it comes to healthcare, though, I mean, that particular audience is a, you know, coveted coveted demographic in terms of, you know, people that can be directly targeted in one way or another for, um, you know, elective procedures, things that they don't necessarily need, but, you know, want to want to do. Um, and those quite often are very profitable procedures as well. Uh, so this information certainly would come in handy there. Um, you know, and I think, I think in general, we're going to see, this isn't a trend, this is a trend that I suspect 
in some on some level you know penetrates a, a, a wider demographic just in terms of people becoming a little more savvy uh in terms of where they look for information um and what they trust for information um mm-hmm. You know, we talk, we've talked a lot in the past, and I can't remember the specific articles we've referenced. Um, maybe I can dig some up. But, you know, about people really start, starting many searches, searches uh, within their social networks. Um, and I'm sure, you know, that uh, they don't say that's not the case here, but they're just saying that, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, as simple as saying that that's the way that people are going. They're just, you know, really indicating that people are starting in many places and, right. you know, the, the trust is kind of spread across all of these, you know, and, and that makes sense. You know, when right. I think of, if I ask a question within, you know, my, my Facebook network, for example, you know, the vast majority of people are th- who are there, you know, I knew at one point in my life, uh, but aren't necessarily people I, you know, trust to provide the best information. You know, if I don't right. think I would say I trust, you know, if my family, yes, my close friends, yes, but the other you know, 200 people maybe that, that I just happened to have, you know, bumped into in high school or college or whatever. I don't, I don't know if they answered. Right. I don't, I don't say, I don't say I would trust their, their opinions necessarily. So um, right. at least not any more than I would a general Google search. So, yeah. well, you know, I'm looking at the breakdown. They have like a chart of all the, uh, the, the age breakdown. And it's interesting to take a look at that because, um, you know, the highest percentage of 65 plus, they put their trust in traditional media. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like 65 plus don't really, they have less trust everywhere than any other age group, but um, <laughs> they trust traditional media more so yeah. than any others. But then if you look at the breakdown of social media and you'll see that the top one, the top age group that trusts social media is the age range of 18 to 29, which it does make a little bit of sense to me because, um, you know, growing up with social media, just becoming an integral part of our lives. Um, I think that we place more trust in, uh, social media, but, um, you know, I think Facebook search this graph search that they're coming out with is kind of trying to leverage both social media and online search engines. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how much people trust things that try and incorporate both of them. You right. Know? So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done a, a graph search for anything healthcare related, but it would be interesting to you know Yeah. which of my I, friends I, have had, you know, blank procedure. Right. You know, I kind of hate the graph search, but that's a whole other topic. But um, <laughs> I like, I tried to do like dentists near me or plumbers near me and, you know, it gives you some good results, but yeah. I don't know if I think it can be totally leveraged with how your friends, um, you know, where does my friend go to the dentist? Just because I highly doubt that my friends are going to go like their dentists on Facebook, you know? Right. So Right. Plus when it comes to your dentist, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not super picky. You know, I assume that most dentists around me are probably going to be right. about the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, right. you know, if my friend likes a dentist that's 30 miles away, um, chances are go slim that I'm going to drive that far just to get my teeth cleaned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, what, what does your insurance cover? Right. <laughs> that's kind of like the dictator for dental, dental yep. care, I feel yep. like. <laughs> so. Yeah. So anyway, we'll have a link to that one on the show notes. Check it out. 
Yeah. One other good article, too, uh, recently from the same resource, Search Engine Land, uh, talked about, well, search, because that's what they talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. The title of the article, These Five Websites Captured 20% of All Search Result Clicks. And this is from February 22nd. Uh, and the list is probably what you would expect for the most mm-hmm. part. You know, the first one is probably... It's kind of like one. It's one of the which one of these things doesn't belong here from you know Sesame Street, yeah. Um, because well, the first one in this list is Facebook. After that, it's YouTube, Yahoo, Wikipedia, Amazon. Now, the Facebook one, you know, I, I say it doesn't belong here because I, I suspect that it's there because of just of, of habit of how people get to websites. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting to watch people when they launch their browser and how they get to Facebook in this case. Uh, a lot of times, you know, their landing page is some sort of, you know, tailored search page or just Google's, you know, very plain page. Um, and they'll, tar- they'll start their activity by typing something into the search field. So rather than going up to the URL bar and typing in facebook.com, they'll type Facebook into the Google search mm-hmm. field, hit enter. First true. result, of course, is Facebook. They'll click on that to get there. Um, so it's not surprising with the popularity of Facebook that um, it would be at the top. And I suspect that's why, because so many people behave that way. Um, yeah. And I can't think of, I can think of very few times, to be honest, where I've been searching like for an individual. I don't really search for individuals through Google very often. Um, but that like a Facebook page actually showed up in the, in the results. You know, this is one of the things that I found with the graph search. I kind of feel a little differently because I feel I've always not liked Facebook search. So I found myself going to Google even with the old search and with the new graph search. And actually, if I want to find a person, I'm going to go type in their name and then Facebook, you know, and then it's going to bring me the Facebook link for them. I find that a lot easier to do. So it's almost, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, the other ones make sense. I mean, after that, it was YouTube, Yahoo, Wikipedia, and Amazon. And those mm-hmm. are some of the most common results you would see in searching almost almost anything. I mean, it's right. Amazon, if you're searching for products, probably going to be in the top, you know, either the top result or in the top five. Uh, Wikipedia, almost always up there if you're searching for something, right. you know, almost any topic, really. Uh, Yahoo, they're extraordinarily popular when it comes to news and sports. Um, so okay. not surprising to see them at the top and YouTube, too, um, you know searching for media, they're going to be one of the first that comes up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But then after that, um, you know, that leaves 80% of search clicks for the, for everything else on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. They also mentioned that uh, going further, the top 500 uh, websites received almost 50% of all clicks from search results and the top 10,000 websites, almost 75% of uh, all search clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes from a 2013 digital marketing, marketing, marketer report from, uh, Experian, uh, marketing services and, um, not a whole lot of other information listed right on uh, search engine land, but probably some more in the report if you can get access to it. So we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, feel free to check it out. Yeah. That's really interesting stuff. Actually makes it, makes it seem more daunting of a task to get your, oh. uh, link clicked on. Yeah. <laughs> You know, or even to just get yourself into the, you know, that that first, that first page of results, which is the, you know, coveted, coveted position. Right. Seriously. Okay. Well, the next little tidbit that we have for you uh, is about an app that was released, I believe this week, and it's called YouCheck. And it's pretty fascinating, actually. The article about it is on BBC News Technology. 
And this app was, uh, I guess it was released at a, a TED uh, Talks, TED conference, I'm sorry, in LA. And uh, UCheck app is actually an app that can uh, look at a urine sample and check to see um, a lot of if there's any health indicators in your urine sample. So uh, it's really interesting. Um, It's an example of how mobile health is really taking hold. And who knew that an app could (laughs) detect anything in a urine sample. (laughs) But, um, But I think like the biggest the biggest point from this article that I read is the fact that these kind of things are being developed to really help developing countries have the same access to healthcare or, you know, not the same, but have access to healthcare really, and really help save lives for detecting things that we would think are just like simple health problems that we could get simple solutions to that actually are killing people worldwide worldwide. And, um, it's just really interesting, and it talks about how uh, smartphones, you know, they, they're they pretty expensive right now, but over time they should be getting less expensive, hopefully, and I think there's organizations that are trying to go about doing that and making smartphones more accessible so that things like this are more accessible. Um, and I found a big uh, correlation, I guess, to this article and another article I read on The Atlantic today, and it was about... Uh, it was a discussion about how the internet is not actually free. And the f- article focused more so on the fact that internet like Comcast and Time Warner Cable and the, all those services are super, they are pretty expensive. And yeah, you extremely know, expensive. Yeah. there's a lot of people out there that either A, aren't willing to pay for it or B, can't afford it. And, you know, people refer to the internet as like free access to all this information, but it's really keeping in mind that that's not necessarily the truth. And, um, he made in mind that there's a lot of low-income uh, people that were missing on the internet and things like thinking about that and being able to provide more access for people could really make a difference. So I thought it was yeah, interesting. Yeah, and this app, it's interesting too. I mean, the way it works isn't super sophisticated. It sounds like, so that the way it works, you you take, you take you basically dip a, a test strip into a urine sample uh, and then the app itself looks at the the color coding on the test strip. So the strip mm-hmm. the strip does the testing for uh, okay. uh, you know particular diseases that you might that you you know may have or conditions you may have. Um, and then the app takes a picture of that. Looks is able to analyze the color codes, uh, okay. and then it makes uh, decisions based on those color codes. Um, so, you know, at first glance, it sounds like, wow, this app is like by itself analyzing urine, yeah. um, but uh, it's actually looking at this uh, strip. So, I mean, not, not to, not to belittle the technology is still, mm-hmm. still super uh, um, amazing uses of mobile and, uh, you know, making that kind of stuff uh, much more easily accessible. Right. It's fascinating. So, it's very cool. Uh, so, yeah, well, there's another uh, on the app front there was another interesting app that came out this week and this one is from let me find it here well the name of the app is Sightgeist. uh it's available for both android and iphone and uh, it's a free app and it's all about demographics it's pretty cool it basically um when you launch it it you can it, it it defaults to your location or at least asks you if you'll allow it to determine your location and then it pulls demographic information from a number of different resources online and displays them to you in a kind of a nicely formatted multi-screen kind of infographic um setup uh so it's pretty cool uh you know i i did my so far the only uh, area that i've done is my own neighborhood 
Um, and you know, I, you know, I can make a lot of assumptions about what I would have saw and, uh, you know, most of them line up with what I'm seeing. The one interesting one is when I scroll over about four screens in on, uh, re- regional and demographic information, uh, the four screens in on information from my area shows weather right away, but then also tells me that I am within 2.3 area uh, miles of a contaminated site. What? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then if I oh. click for more information, it takes me to uh, epa.gov uh, website where I can learn more. And I'm assuming some of it's in Flash because it is not displaying on my phone very well. Huh. So I don't That's know where the contamination is. I don't know if I am in immediate or imminent danger. Um, <laughs> hopefully that is not the case. Jeez, uh, I should download this app and see because I'm closer to the city. I'm probably around all sorts <laughs> of contaminated areas. No kidding. <laughs> But yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, You know, it's information you can find yourself too. obviously, if you go to these resources and uh, type in a zip code. Um, But to have it displayed this way, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a beautiful experience. Um, You know, and it's a nice starting point for research because, you know, there might be some resources that it pulls from that you weren't aware of. And uh, yeah, um, that's awesome. Learn of them there. So yeah, so that that is uh, Sitegeist. And again, that's free uh, for iOS and Android. So uh, cool. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Interesting. Cool, cool. Well, the next thing up, um, we there's been a lot of talk lately about being able to purchase things via social media channels. And I think just today they said, and this is Thursday, but um, Facebook, or there's a thing called Chirpify. And Chirpify is a company that allows um, companies to use its service to for consumers to buy their goods or to donate um, via social media platforms. So I think originally it started on Twitter and what you could do is you could, you know, you could reply to a tweet from a, a brand page or a company page or whatever. And you could reply to this tweet with this hashtag and simply type buy, B-U-Y, and it would purchase the good for you or it would donate or something like that. But the big news is that this is actually being released on Facebook now and they're actually starting it with, um, I think it's Tim McGraw or someone's, uh, yeah, their album, Tim McGraw's album is for sale using Chirpify. So consumers can just, um, respond to this message on Facebook and say, bye, and it will, purchase it for you. And I think you need a Chirpify account and be set up and mm-hmm. everything to be able to access your card information or PayPal information. But it's really fascinating. And um, what I thought was the most interesting is I went to Chirpify's website and they have this thing for indie musicians. So um, uh, independent musicians that they can have a Chirpify account and not have to pay any sort of fee to the Chirpify. And um, it kind of gets rid of the middleman, which is just fascinating because um, indie musicians struggle so much with all these, uh, like, you know, Ticketmaster or selling their albums and having to pay this huge fee just to sell through this middleman. So it's only for indie artists, but you can also pay your friends using Chirpify. So it's just super fascinating. And uh, I think we're probably going to see more of that in the future. So, yeah, that is interesting. I don't, I'm, struggling to imagine myself 
responding to something to buy something, but maybe I would. I guess it would depend on what it is. Yeah, I think it depends a lot on the the product. Like, I would never buy a Tim McGraw CD, but, <laughs> but I could just, see my just period <laughs> ever ever. But I can see it working for musicians, and um, you know, if you can buy an iTunes album, and I mean, I use Spotify now, so I don't really have a need to buy music right, anymore, right. which is another issue for musicians. But um, uh, but you know. I think something small like that, I could see myself doing it. You know, I don't see how this could work in with healthcare really, except that maybe running some social good campaign and doing donations to some sort of foundation. I could see that working. Sure. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, Facebook is exploring, um, exploring this in other uh, channels as well, or other through other means other than just Tripify. Cause I know, I know I was um, on Valentine's day in the iOS app, I was prompted at the top to buy something to to purchase a gift for my wife, which Same I thought here. was interesting. You were prompted yeah. to purchase a gift for my wife. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. No, for my boyfriend. And I thought it was so crazy. I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just dis- like, I dismissed it, but I mean, it yeah. was is if nothing else, it was a nice reminder. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, to me. Buying a gift through my for my wife through Facebook would be a little bit. I don't, I don't think she'd be very impressed by that. No, <laughs> personal. <laughs> you know, maybe on like my mom's birthday or something. If it reminded me, then hey, you want to order some flowers for your mom? Then I might be. Oh yeah, yeah that's actually a good idea. I totally forgot it was even my mom's birthday. <laughs> yeah. um, it probably serves more as a reminder than anything else. <laughs> all right. Well. I think we have a, we have a few other things on the agenda, but we're probably pushing our time limit here, so we could probably just end it there. Cool. I think. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. So, until next week, this is Adam Meyer and Katie Streeter, and we will uh, catch you next time. Yep. See you later.